living life at the limit Caught up in the centuries anxiety Yes, it preys on him Watching after new repeats and the third new years in the country. He takes a minor of pills and piles up all his bills in the country. Oh, it's like an animal farm, that's a rural charm in the country. He's got morning glory and life's a different story. Everything's going jack and back ladies and gentlemen i hope you enjoyed that little sojourn as they would say in quebec into the countryside with blur and we're going to go next door to ontario to canada to toronto to mr alex b alex you're waiting for us all day correct uh howdy uh, <laughs> yes i've been waiting <laughs> yeah. listen yeah. 
Um, are you going stir crazy over there with your isolation? Uh, yeah, kind of. We've kind of been staying at home, just trying to <coughs> trying to keep it safe for the people. <laughs> well, listen, that's, you're always thinking of the, of the greater good. I understand that and I like it. Um, <laughs> Alex, listen, one, first thing I want to just ask you about, um, before I ask you about Tom Brady and the whole situation with Tampa Bay and so on and so forth, um, uh, we had Craig Klein just on and uh, he, was men- he, he mentioned about the WWE still going on, which you mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago. And we found it was, and I watched some of the videos. It was hilarious. It was like this like abstract theater uh, where t- John Cena was be- talking to some guy. You, you'll probably know the wrestler. I just can't think of his name. And he was like, kind of like, I'm going to beat you down and all that. But it almost looked like it was going to end with a kiss. It looked like this like unrequited love between two wrestlers or two men. But then he went on to wrestle. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. So um, it's kind of been go- still going on. Um, we've seen uh, in the last WWE SmackDown episode, we see, we see Gronk uh, making his debut at WWE, and he's actually going to host the new WrestleMania. But it was, it was <laughs> again, if, if you like this sort of thing, you should look this up. It was really funny because Gronk, he walked out, he was dancing, he was doing all this stuff. As if the arena was packed. <laughs> but it was three people. It was three people in that arena. It was Gronk and the other two wrestlers. No, so, no okay. Well, and, the, and the camera crew and all those guys. So. Oh, let, let's let's <laughs> take a step back. Gronk is Rob Gronkowski, who just retired because of, um, well, he said from repeated concussion injuries in an NFL. He was, of course, a teammate of uh, Tom Brady. And now he's in WWE. All uh, right. Yeah, we actually hit a double ducker today. We've got both Gronk and Tom Brady. But yeah, he, <laughs> uh, he came in last last year at WrestleMania. It was his first. Um, uh, it was his first appearance in the WWE where he actually uh, wrestled, participated in like a Royal Rumble or something. But now he's going to get more involved with the WWE. Now he has more time on his hands, obviously. That is nuts. Listen, um, I, I was reading, and, and uh, I think it was maybe today, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, of course, the, the famous former wrestler who's, you know, like, uh, how do you say, he's turned his life around from being addicted to painkillers and drugs and so on and so forth. Um, and he basically is saying that the, um, uh, the WWE is treating talent like SH1T, that they're treating them like shit. Uh, well, I didn't want to say shit, but anyway, I said it. Right. Um, and he said that they, because they have Brock Lesnar in, uh, he said that it's just a joke. He says an absolute joke. He said, why, like, why are they doing this? Hmm, right. Uh, well, again, like we've talked about this last year several times. It's not really his fault that he is on these painkillers. Obviously, their like, health plans and their retirement plans, everything just sucks. Yeah, it's like they don't really think about the majority of the wrestlers. So, of course, there's like the superstars, like the John Cena's, like all those guys. They're gonna, they obviously like they don't need to worry about this sort of thing. But uh, right now, there is like all these, all these smaller guys, and especially back in the day in the WWF when they didn't care at all. So with Brock Lesnar, there was actually like a lot of talk last year going on of him returning to the UFC for like one last fight. They're gonna give him like Daniel. No, really. No, John Jones. Like, oh, right. But uh, Brock. Le- but the WWE wants to is desperate to keep Brock Lesnar, and they uh, they're obviously they're renewing his contract. He doesn't really. He barely shows up. 
he shows up like about like once or twice per year. He's like, I think he's still the champion. He always just comes in just to, he has his manager, Paul Heyman, to talk for him. So oh. uh, most of the time, his, his job is just stand in the ring, what, like once every three months. And this is a guy. look menacing to the camera, right. That's it. And he's failed drugs tests over and over. Like, I mean, so it's not even, you know. Oh, yeah. Have you seen him? He, he is steroids. Yeah. He is. He, he's scary. I mean, you don't want to meet him. I'm, I'm sure that like he has problems trying to like, well, uh, like making like go to the toilet. I'm sure because of the steroids had that effect. Um, but like, I mean, it's it's like I don't know. Inside. Listen um, quickly uh, because we went a, a couple of minutes ago. Um, Tom Brady moved to the Buccaneers. A lot of it was because he felt he wasn't being respected. He was on a kind of a pay for like performance related uh, contract. Um, how many tears do you think Peter P shed this week, knowing that his hero and his idol is going down to Tampa Bay? Um, I think when he finds out about this, it's going to be it's going to, it's going to be great. I think it should come from us. Yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know if he has access to this information, but I'll be. I'm certainly I'm certainly going to hope he doesn't find out about this until until I tell him. <laughs> you are some son so of a. Can you get his reaction firsthand? I love that. I love that. This is going to be a great many tears. Listen, Alex, thank you very well. well before you go away, um, anything else happening over there? Because, I mean, everything's shut down um, right. a, a, except wrestling. Uh, anything else happening? Uh, like, everything's just gone quiet completely? About the Tom Brady thing, uh-huh. this, I think this season is going to be. Uh, close to Michael Jordan's run with the Washington Wizards in his in his last season. Oh, so it's gonna be, he's still going to be pretty good, but it's not going to take. Uh, it's not going to help the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, obviously, who are one of the least popular teams in the sport. Um, so the other thing is that while the sports have shut down, I think this is only going to last for like about a month because when they're going to come back, we're going to have all the finals, all the playoffs in one month. So it's going to be Whoa. great. But until then, there's, I just want to uh, list off of you sources where people can watch uh, on. old games because a lot of, a lot of sports networks are actually like offering this sort of thing. So obviously on YouTube for free, you can watch pretty much anything from the past. There's ESPN plus for four nine nine a month uh-huh. where you can get boxing matches and UFC cards. Good, good. There's the NFL League Pass, which is free, and there's the NBA League Pass, which is also free. So you can get access to all the NFL games, all the NBA games from starting from like about the 2000s. The MLB TV and the NHL.com and the NHL app are also free, and they offer games from like the NHL one offers games from like the 1950s. So Whoa. there's a lot of sports to be to be watched right now. Brilliant. Um, and the last thing, as my capital punishment, okay. I would like to uh, give some attention to all the all the hoarders out there, all the people that hoard uh, supplies, toilet paper, hand sanitizer, milk, meat, those <laughs> sort of things. But that, that's a real thing. People hoard. People are hoarding milk. Yeah. And milk goes bad after like a week. So <laughs> when you have like forty cartons of milk, you're only you're you're not drinking all that. So you're only going to restrict people from getting that okay <laughs> well i'd always say think so i say all th- you hoarders out there stop okay and or, or else you just become vegan and give up on milk products exactly <laughs> okay yeah. alex if you're making other people become 
vegan. <laughs> Alex Lee, thank you very much. Listen, you take care of yourself. We'll talk with you next Sunday. Thank you. Okay, that's Alex B over in Toronto, Ontario. We're going to go down now to uh, to Tel Aviv, I believe, in just a moment. So Double N is working his magic. We're going to speak with Asaf Ackerman. Of course, he is just literally off the air. He's still in the studio, uh, or was at least two minutes ago, um, and he's going to have a chat with us because um, as we we kind of we're trying to figure out you know what's going on around the world and of course we we haven't spoken with israel yet on the show this is a first for us um because of course their clubs take part in um european competition the national team and so on so it's going to be very very interesting to see you know what's happening there and um you know kind of a how do you say what restrictions have been placed there because of course there's you know there, there are political issues there as well and uh, so on and so forth so as we're getting him on the line one other little piece of news that has flown in across uh, is that um, Inter Milan okay they are looking to try and sign Olivier Giroud okay um, because it looks like their their Argentinian striker Martinez I think Lautaro, Lorenzo or Lautaro Martinez is going to go this summer um, that's if the league goes on and Giroud is going to be signed for Inter Milan okay so we're going to straight away to Israel to Asaf Ackerman uh, Asaf, a very warm welcome to Capital Sports here on Capital FM. Hi, hello. Honored to be with you. Listen, it's been we tried to get you here for so long, and finally we got you. So we're going to hold on to you for a few minutes anyway. <laughs> um, you, uh, you are just you're fresh out of the studio right now. Um, what's happening in Israeli sport at this moment? Ah, uh, like almost all you. Yeah. No basketball, no nothing, uh, no sport, the, the, no one trains, everything is stopped due to the coronavirus, uh, nothing happened with the sport. It's very, it's a very sad thing here in Israel because we love sport, we watch sport all around the world, of course, we follow everything, but uh, no sport, no doing, you know, everybody talks about, uh, about the budget now, about cutting the salaries of the players, oh. those, kind of th- those kind of things, and of course we have a decree, we cannot go out. Only if you are really, really in an important job or something like that, that we are, you know, we are broadcasting live studios uh, right now. But nothing is with, no, nobody kicks a ball here. Whoa. I mean, we, I mean, it's, it's um, in terms of lockdown, are people being told to stay indoors or is it still a little bit flexible? No, no, no. We have straight lockdown. Nobody can go out. Uh, only if it's... Only if it, pharmacies or hospital, but we are in total lockdown. Um, I, do, I cannot say that all the Israelis are doing that uh, 100%. You know, somebody goes to run in the park and something like that. But uh, the, the, the state, all the country is in, uh, in lockdown. Now, listen, we, we had uh, a few weeks ago, oh, well, actually a couple of months ago on the show, uh, Killian Sheridan, who was playing down in Israel. Um, like how are how how are footballers reacting to the 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 um, possibility of having to take a cut in wages or some of them to be going unpaid? What's the reaction from the the the, the players and of course coaches as well? Um, for the point of view of Israeli players, it's really annoyed them, but they do not they do know the situation is quite bad. Uh, but I have to say, the Israeli law does not permit to cut wages of foreign players. They have to pay them all the way. Oh. So they are protected. So they're, they're... The Israeli law says that they cannot cut the, cut the wages. 
So the, the, the foreign players are protected, but the Israeli players are not. That sounds very like in Malta as well, where the foreign players would be paid and the local players might not get paid for a season or have their wages delayed. But um, tell me, Asa, is that, that a common thing in Israel, that players won't get wages or the wages will be late, uh, paid late? No, no. Not, no, no. Of course, not in the first leagues. Uh, in our Premier League, in the second division also, no, no. Everybody gets paid in the in the exact day, first of the month or tenth in the month, depending on by your contract, but no delays and, on, on that. Of course, it's a criminal law. You can go to, to jail for that if you're doing that. Um, not in the first divisions. I mean, you know, maybe in the lower divisions, it, yeah. it can happen to you, but not in the first ones, no. Okay, um, listen. Before before we let you go, uh, Asaf, because we're going to get you back on again in a couple of weeks. So now we have you. We're going to. I'm going to ask you. Um, in terms of uh, the Israeli national football team, they they always. Now this is a bit like an obtuse question. The Israeli national football team always seem to be on the <laughs> verge of a breakthrough. Always very good players, very quality players. I mean, um, I, I remember from like seeing Rodney Rosenthal when he came to England playing for Liverpool, and he was just he was just an, an, an absolute animal and phenomenally good player. Uh, very, very strong one. What's stopping Israel from making that breakthrough uh, on the world stage? Because you do have the quality of players. You have uh, a very, very competitive league. Is it maybe a fact that the players aren't exposed enough to bigger leagues? Or is it just that um, it's, it's, it's the management? Um, let's say that it is a uh, lot of reasons. You are remembering Ronnie Rosenthal, yeah. but that was very long ago. <laughs> yeah, and I have yeah. to say that football went went up from the, from the point of view. Of yeah, it's a little bit behind. Uh, we do have problems with the managers. We do have problems with the professionalism of the football players by by meaning of training. Uh, meaning of uh, physically um, comparing to the European one because no Israeli player can go playing right now in the Premier League uh, because he, this is too too fast for him right now. Yeah. Maybe in Belgium, in Denmark, in those kind of countries, maybe yes, but no Israeli players can do that. And the problem is that, that they do not train that good uh, comparing to the European one. This is our, our main problem, I have to say, but... Maybe there's more reason for that. We, I really hope that we can manage to, to to get a little bit progress. But we are we are behind in the point of view of the first leagues in Europe, Germany, Italy, of course, England and Spain. Okay. 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 We have lost Asif. He is dropped. No, no, no. no I'm, you're I'm, you're I'm saying, <laughs> that's great. That's great. Listen, Asif, we're going to say thank you very much and goodbye for this evening. Um, and look, if you would. In a couple of weeks, we you come back on and we'll have a more of a chat about Israeli football and the national team and some of the, the players that people should be having a look out for as well. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I enjoyed being with you and uh, every time that you want to speak about Israeli football, for me, it would be great. Uh, the health right now is the important thing for all of us. Listen, I agree totally. So listen, you take care of yourself, take care of your loved ones. We'll speak to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you very much, Asaf. Thank you. I have to say I love Moscow. You have a very nice city. I've been there in the World Cup. I uh, really want to go again. Come back. Listen, we'll get you in the studio and we'll uh, take you to a nice restaurant as well. Oh, thank you very much. Good night. <laughs> Good night, Asaf. Okay, Asaf Ackerman. We're going to straight to the break with a song from Roy Keane's favourite group. This is the Franklin Walters and After All. Back after the break. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Thank you.
Начинай свой день с Capital FM и Dina Mild, где бы ты ни был. Даже в душе. Каждое утро на 105 и 3 FM. Снова 7 утра. Ladies and gentlemen, very welcome back to Capital Sports here on Moscow's Capital FM. As we promised, we're bringing you six banging songs and 12 superb phone interviews. Well, interviews in general. Okay, so we're going to go straight away across Ireland to someone who is not yet getting cabin fever because she has her little puppy to look after uh, and her puppy to look after her as well. Legal Legal, Easel Cody, how are you doing? I'm good. The dog is getting cabin fever, but I am not. <laughs> That's brilliant. No, I mean, obviously, like, uh, not just me, but we're following, like, what's happening. And he just seems to be kind of just, like, uh, resigned to just, I don't know, resigned. That's all I can say. Not to, uh, this is just kind of like, he I'm does, he doesn't care. I'm very sure he's trying to leave the house at night time to get to the Irish, like, so the ISPCA, I'm sure you're familiar with it, <laughs> where they basically take in dogs and just go, that woman. She's still here. She keeps walking me. Please get her to leave. I'll tell you something. When he when he figures out how to, to use a smartphone or a, a regular phone to start dialing the hotline number, <laughs> you're in trouble. Uh, <laughs> listen, Isol, uh, before we go into this, I want to ask you this. The, the new allegations, of course, about um, that, because we covered it last week, about the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury, of course, um, that UCAD now have reopened yes. a case. I mean... And he's been very, very quiet about this because usually he's like, you know, mouthing away and the whole lot. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, it, it, like it, this guy, Martin Carefoot, this um, farmer who supposedly gave him the yes, wild boar and so on, um, was promised to have, uh, you know, if he, if he told lies uh, in his statement uh, that he would get £25,000, he didn't. And then, of course, bang, 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 bang. And then people going, hold on, that this is just, it's, it's proven to be just a complete and utter mess. It has. And I suppose we've become used to Tyson being this loud presence. He's been very open about his struggles. He's been very open about most things. And he's always to the fore. He's there with the mic if it isn't giving interviews um, or doing TV shows. Then it's doing a sing-along after a fight. So to have him suddenly go silent, you go, well, this is a man who... Yeah used to be in this position with um the one thing i will say is he does have a very very competent and really interesting female pr representative she sure. represents a lot of boxers and i know a few of them um would be the kind of guys who i'd say if they were let loose would say things that would be quite harmful but i i've been kind of waiting to see would be there would be a statement from his pr company would frank warren say here's a statement a joint statement with tyson and there's been nothing and I think this may be a case of Tyson has a very good legal team who obviously represented him there and a case of them going, for once, say nothing. UCAD, if they go to reopen an investigation, I think UCAD are in such a poor position that anything they do, it's going to be very easy for the likes of Morgan Sports Law to come along and tear to pieces. And I think the difficulty is Tyson isn't... Yeah. He's adored by boxing fans, yes. He has a great redemption story, but at the end of the day, he also has so many black marks on his reputation that opening an investigation into UK, by UCAD to go back and look at him 
is very different than UCAD stalling their feet on looking at other people who I think they could better use their resources with. Because ultimately, I think if they were to go and look into an already given sanction, they would have to essentially nullify that. And as we discussed last week, I don't see the remit within the WADA code for them to reimpose a different ban when he has served it and it was retrospective. That's they it. could look at it, they'd have to do it, but there's going to be too many challenges. That's what Let's, you said. How about we look at someone with questions that have never been answered? Hey, look, I, I know it's not like letting him off the hook. He got his backdated ban. Okay, test him again. If he fails mm. again, do him. But you're dead right. There's other people who are there who haven't been banned, who have skated through, who have been avoiding, um, you know, drugs tests altogether. And I'm not getting hit. And let's not forget that no one is getting tested now, or very this limited is it. numbers. This is it. And we're going to speak with Michelle uh, Verrocchio about this, uh, who was head of UCAD uh, in the next segment, because this is something like when you're talking about, um, you know, we see Travis Tiger and he's saying, oh, like, you know, um, do we, we can't have the Olympics uh, this year because there's no testing going on. Uh, so we, we don't know who's, who's oh, clean come or not. On. What difference does that make? We all know who's doping. Look at the podiums. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and the worst thing is, like he's the guy who's like said we won't t- test people because like it's it's dangerous. It's like it it makes no sense to me. Now is the prime time. It's the one time we know where they are exactly. And as well as that, if you want to test people, like it's as good as going, guys, we're going to test you now. This is the perfect time for you to show us how clean you are. Exactly. I mean, the one reason that Tigert um, and you cat as well gave, and other people who are. You know, let's say within who were within anti-doping and should know better in in many ways. They've been saying like, oh well, nobody's training. There's no like Richard Ings, who was the head of uh, Australian anti-doping for what was worth. Yes, he turned around and said, oh, no one's training. It's like, hold on. Then you have a, a, a good quality national level athlete um, who's up at Loughborough University, the sort of the centre for athletics and sports in in, mm-hmm. in the UK, and she says that the track and the training facilities are closed only to elite athletes. So basically they are, oh, I don't know. So when will this end? I mean, They are training. Yeah, exactly. It'll, it'll end when we can all turn around next year and go, we're going to hold Tokyo 2021. We won't have looked at Russia until the last minute because, you know, there also are, casts are now free. I don't think they're doing anything else. <laughs> Conveniently, Switzerland is locked down completely, but that doesn't stop the international arbor. Yeah. Probably for meeting, making a decision on Russia. In reality, what will happen is that will be pushed out like the Olympics. And we're looking at 2021 with the same, the same problems that every Olympics is marred with. The only difference is instead of it being four years probably down the track before we hear that it was dirtier than Rio and dirtier than London, we'll hear about it in three years' time. I think the other big issue we need to look at here is the sheer delay on the part of the Olympic Committee for athletes' welfare and for the good of sports in general, in making a call. I think it's very worrying that they haven't said, look, guys, we know you're in a four-year cycle. Here's when we're going to do it. Let's not drag this process out because it's unfair on everyone involved. Perfect. Listen, listen, Isol, on that note, we're going to go away. We're going to let you and Simba enjoy the Irish evening. Thank you very, very much for that. And uh, we're going to talk to you again very, very soon. Have a...
I think you still said have a great evening. I think Double N is nodding just yet. Esalt, if you're, well, you listen to this back on the podcast. Thank you very much as always. And we're going to get Eslam Magdi down in Cairo at the moment. Um, just, just, we got a couple of messages in from people uh, asking about a uh, diff- different piece of information. Um, and someone reminded me that, of course, uh, the Israeli international Bibras Nakto, he played, of course, with Siska. He was quite a, a, a starring player. From, I mean, I remember him playing uh, here. He's only gone a, a couple of years, I think it is, um, from, from Russia. So, yeah, I mean, there, there are quality and there have been quality Israeli players uh, around Europe. And, of course, got to mention, of course, uh, for Celtic, Glasgow Celtics um, near Beton. Um, I hear there's, a, a, there's an alarm going off somewhere. Oh, it's oh, it's okay. So we're okay. All right. I thought there was an alarm uh, sounding off outside the building. So we're trying to get Eslam Magdi on the phone. Um, we'll just try to, to to pull him up. And just, again, a couple of other little pieces of information for you folks to keep you nice and entertained this evening. Um, uh, our, our very good friend, Serena Williams, said that, um, you know, she she made, kept making a mistake because every time then uh, she was, like, thinking about putting a mask on herself, she sort of put a mask on first, and then put it on her child. Um, she said she kept trying to put it on her daughter first, and then people said, "Do you mean in the event of an aircraft crash, or, or what do you mean?" And she went, "Oh no, just in general, put the mask on the child." And then she said she was getting very emotional. So people were kind of going, "Well, she was getting very, very confused, um, and kind of like trying to figure out, yeah, trying to figure out." Um, you know, what did she mean by that? But, you know, Serena is Serena and she does what she does. Okay, um, so that was just like a very, very strange one. So people were saying she's looking a bit addled in her reactions to things um, and said that, like, her greatest fear is becoming ill because, of course, she's someone who is very ill herself. I mean, she's had, like, heart operations and so on, um, continues to get herself nice and strong, but um, she has heart issues from the past. Okay, we did mention a couple of weeks ago that Formula One has been cancelled till further notice. Um, there is also an, an issue that was raised today with uh, Lewis Hampton saying that he was afraid he had uh, coronavirus, but it turns out that he hasn't and that he's okay. Um, horse racing. Now, we mentioned Cheltenham last week and Cheltenham again. Uh, Cheltenham, of course, is the big, big race meeting in England. It's it's huge. I mean, for Irish people, it's huge as well because a lot of our horses go over and do well there and so on and so forth. So we, you know, it's very important for us as a nation uh, for horse sales and so on and so forth. But this year went ahead, even though there were fears about coronavirus and so on and so forth, and people went over and have come back ill. And people, uh, they reckon that of the thousands and thousands of people who attended, that that seemed to be, as Craig Klein mentioned, um, sort of an epicenter for um, infection, and um, the the the, the uh, how would you say the like the Atalanta game as well. Uh, that it, it's something that has, I don't know. Let's say it has um, it, it has caused ructions among people, and a lot of people are very angry because the people who have been speaking out most, for example, the Irish GA pundit Joe Brawley who's saying a bit like that it's so bad in Northern Ireland and they need to take extra steps because he is a, he was a transplant donor. He donated one of his kidneys to um, uh, his brother um, successfully, uh, to, to, we should add. Uh, so the fact that he, he did that says that like, you know, we should be looking after each other more and so on and so forth. But he's one of the guys who um, was at Cheltenham. So he went over there and took that risk himself. And now he's talking about that we shouldn't do it. So people are kind of like talking about the hypocrisy and 
um, like what should be done and what shouldn't be done. Okay, so folks, uh, we are going to actually we we can't get Eslam Magdi again second week in a row. Uh, we can't get him. However. We're going to wait to break right now, and we'll come back with a very long um, third part. So we're going to wait to break right now with uh, Supergrass and All Right, and then back straight away with Michelle Verrocken. So stay on the line. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. and your loved ones is taking care of the future. Stay at home, wash your hands, keep your distance from one another and follow your local government's instructions carefully. Act now. Only together can we ensure a summer full of music, entertainment, travel, sports and friendship. Save the summer. Corona Facts. The virus that causes COVID-19 is not the same virus that causes atypical pneumonia. Вирус, вызывающий COVID-19, это не тот же вирус, который вызывает атипичную пневмонию. Теперь и вы это знаете. Turn it up. The one and only. 
welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the final part of Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM this evening. Now, we're we, again, we are sad to have to go away uh, because we're enjoying the show so far. We Unfortunately, we couldn't get Eslam Mighty, but Eslam, I know you listen to us, but we will get you next week, so just uh, fingers crossed. Um, one other little piece of news that came out uh, yesterday, which is quite funny. The uh, CEO of Southampton Football Club, of course, playing the English Premier League, has said that even though the English Premier League is uh, suspended until the 30th of April, um, he would say that he believes, he believes uh, that they will actually come back. He said his exact statement was like um, that they could resume football before the uh, sanctions or the, the restrictions are lifted. So, I, I you know, I, I don't know. He said, um, uh, he said like that, okay, his, one thing he said was like, if we ended up playing until 15th of July and you had to extend a player's contract by two weeks, convincing a player to play two more weeks of football and get paid nicely to do it, I don't believe that will be a substantial challenge. The challenge is making sure we don't have a knock-on effect to other seasons and to make football compromise for years to come. Better to have football uncompromised but people's health compromised. There you go. That's, uh, that is big business speaking for you. Okay, we're going to go straight away across to the head of Sport Integrity, uh, someone, a friend of the show, someone who always talks brilliant sense and we love having you on, Michelle Verrocken. Michelle, good evening and how are you doing? Oh, good evening. Well, in the current climate, I think I'm just hanging on in here. <laughs> okay, listen, because you are working, especially with sports government, governance and so on and so forth, um, how difficult a time is it for people working in the business of sport? Well, I think it's become incredible yeah. in the business of sport because... Obviously, they are now in a position where they do not control their business. And um, it is something I think that most of us individually feel very anxious and frustrated by that we have this situation that takes everything out of control of the all the structures you would want to have in place to run a sports governing body which ultimately is a business and uh, if for business reasons you genuinely had to do certain things you could you could understand that this is being driven externally and in a way that must be really difficult for sports to feel that they can control at all and and the possibility of course that by actually you know reducing uh, um, and yeah access to sport they might actually go and find something else to do <laughs> um i think could be a, a, a tremendous worry for sport as a business oh hold on now you so you, the the fear would be that people suddenly realize like it's like kind of that i don't know episode from the simpsons or something that's like the kids walk outside um because the television isn't working and they walk outside look in the look at the blue sky and green grass and go wow there's actually more to life than sitting watching tv so you you believe that a lot of these sports bodies for example the football premier league or the english fa they're afraid that if people aren't just hooked up to the tv or hooked up to the the thrill of football that they're going to go elsewhere for their thrills well, I think that's a reality because what will happen is people hopefully will get balance back in their lives and yeah. 
sport is more than sitting and watching and and that's uh, that that's going to be a good thing if that's what they learn certainly the associated industries like gambling must be really concerned because if you've got nothing to bet on um, and and that uh, that that sort of addictive habitual um, showing of uh, advertisements to encourage gambling have no further purpose where is the money from such organizations to invest in those um, commercial sports once we are through this and I think you know, people will be saying we're not really sure what the outcome is going to be. And I really do predict that sport will be different the other side of this. This is something that actually it, it, this week I wrote an article about it. Um, and it was really annoying to me because I kind of felt it was a bit like a, a Pav, Pavlovian response that um, in Ireland, I, I don't know never the UK, but in Ireland, horse racing is still going on. And there's no fans of the tracks. But they're, they're crowing about it going, this is such a great advancement for humanity that, oh, horses are still racing. And don't worry, you can still put your bets on. And the next is, you know, next is 5.45 at Dundalk. And, and I'm thinking, OK, I understand how important the business is and so on. But, for example, Horse Racing Ireland gets 67 million euros of a grant this year for horse racing. And they're still doing this. So, I mean, do do maybe the government need to step in and stop the bookmakers around and say, listen, cop on, like this is a life or death situation? Well, uh, that's a very interesting point about horse racing itself because as we've seen in the UK, the Cheltenham Festival uh, continued uh, much to many people's concern. Yeah. Being together of all that many uh, uh, human beings in a very enclosed, a very small space. Uh, and the question is, of course, the value of uh, human life. And, and I think, you know, that that really has started to make many people question, what is it I most value? And if I don't have my health, then actually I don't have very much. And I think people hopefully will, will get that balance. But yes, governments need to think, do they really need the revenue from the tote as they've had it for so many years? Is is this the driver or should we be putting people's health just a little bit um, further up the, the chain? And you can see worldwide the reactions that, that are going on. And colleagues that I've got around the world are just absolutely appalled in Australia. Yeah. Uh, some football going on and th this is crazy why are we allowing this to happen um, when this could continue the spread of this virus and therefore spread it to our most vulnerable people well th this is it because the Australian National Rugby League which of course is huge in Australia it, it, in many ways it's a national sport down there um, they said that they will continue their season until the government tells them to stop now, I mean, like, I, I would almost like, I, I don't know how I could react to that. But just on the topic of um, betting companies, and uh, in the English Premier League of the 20 clubs, only three don't have a shirt sponsor or a betting partner. And those three are Southampton, 
who we've just mentioned, Sheffield United and Brighton yeah. and Hove Albion. The rest of them, um, I'm just looking at a second, I think it's like almost all of them bar a few. Um, well, for example, Wolves, West Ham, Watford, Norwich City, Newcastle, uh, Everton, Crystal Palace, uh, Burnley, Bournemouth and Aston Villa all have their main shirt sponsor as a betting company. So it's so tied in and so intricate yes, that... Yeah. It's 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 bad for them to be you know losing money. Um, okay, Michelle, going to segue nicely from losing money into losing money and maybe medals. Um, a huge kerfuffle, shall we say, going on between UK anti-doping and UK athletics that has you a little bit perturbed. Well, certainly it, it does. This uh, this does seem to be a very interesting. Um, a governance issue and one that surprised me when I um, read in the um, uh, report uh, produced by uh, a good friend and colleague of mine, John Merzad, on UK athletics um, and uh, the circumstances. Yeah. Uh, I think you know there's I was totally unaware that a national anti-doping organization could um, require a sports body which after all is also operating as a business um, to stay out of any investigation into corruption of its rules or some compromise of the operating standards and I just wonder if that is a sensible way forward because if, as constantly we're being told with the anti-doping fight, we are all in this together, why are we creating these silos of um, information and, and responsibility? Why is it not the partnership that it really should be of the sports organization? Yeah the athletes, coaches, officials, why, why aren't they all segue beautifully together to fight the corruption which is anti-doping? Listen, uh, uh, this, this, this goes back to UK Athletics because just two days ago, two days ago, Rob Chakravarti, who of course was uh, the, the, the guy who injected uh, Mo Farah with L-carnitine and then forgot about it, forgot to note it down, um, always used to forget things. Uh, two days ago, he quit or he resigned. Uh, as the England football team doctor. Now, how he was allowed to go into the England football team or allowed to stay over two years, because uh, he was seven years at UK Athletics, um, I mean, is this the fact that there's so many different competing bodies um, and UCAD basically are not able to control it? Or, or what, what, what could be a solution? And why would someone like Jack Rattarty or uh, Mo Farah skate through between the lines or basically walk through the rain without getting wet? Where is the solution, Michelle? Well, certainly when we look at the way that sports medicine doctors are operating in sport, there must be a much higher level of accountability and of course doctors are are accountable to their own profession not necessarily to sport so it, it you know, sport does not authorize them to be doctors or, or national anti-doping organizations do not authorize them to be doctors so we we may very well be on the cusp of saying that the medical professions own standards 
um, board, which in the UK here would be the, the Care Quality Commission, may very well have to set out standards that operate across all sports, teams, clubs, governing bodies. Yeah. Not see uh, ever again somebody forgetting to make notes. If, if you or I went to um, the emergency room and uh, we were being treated for some uh, condition, but the, the doctor forgot to write something down and we were then given another treatment that in actual fact, you know, caused a real severe problem. There would be a major legal case, a medical negligence case. And so we have to ask ourselves what standards we really want operating in sport and whether or not sometimes the fight for um, the, uh, the, the, the elite level of sport has become too compromised. And, and I think that's, you know, goes back to my days uh, at, at UK Sport when I really did feel that the whole idea of an. Yeah. To elite sport is, is just, in many respects, a step too far. We've commodified the athletes. We have taken advantage of what's called cutting edge treatments in order to really, in some, in, in some cases, make the athletes the guinea pigs of uh, novel um, use of, of certain um, uh, substances yeah. without real understanding of longer term implications, let alone the reputational damage we've just done. And the duty so, of care, duty know, of care, is, ultimately. The absolutely lost, yeah. absolutely lost, and that's where, you know, we have to ask sport, all sports medicine doctors operating in sport to really prioritise, as their Hippocratic Oath has always said, do no harm. And and again, I, you know, I've, I've had the great opportunity to work with some... Michelle, unfortunately, she's dropped off the line. Uh, we just lost her. Uh, but look, we're going to get her back on again. And we want to ask her about the 2020 uh, Olympics because she believes that, no, it'll be in 2021. So we're going to get uh, Andrew Flint on the line because Andy Mack is hard at work at the coalface in the new studio right now. So Double N is going to work his magic. Um, again, uh, as we mentioned, we've mentioned before... Uh, uh, Rob Chakra, Chakraverti um, he was of course working with Bolton Wanderers, uh, worked with UK Athletics for seven years, then went into the English National Team, Doctor was here in the World Cup and when questions were asked at um, a, a press conference in St. Petersburg um, about his presence because we knew that he was dirty that he had been involved with this very dodgy thing with uh, Mo Farah the English journalists shushed the question like, we're not here to speak about that. It was like, well, hold on, there's a guy who's like heavily involved in doping. You just said that the Russian players had to be doping because they weren't further or they ran more than any other team in the first round of matches. Um, let's ask a question about this doping doctor in England. In England. And just two, a couple of days ago, when uh, he, just before he quit, I published an article saying, why is this man still in place? And all of a sudden he quit. It's not to do with me, of course, but. There you go. All right, we're going to go straight away out to Timen once more to catch up for the final time this evening with Andrew Flint. Um, Andrew, I'm going to ask you straight away, uh, Dr. Rob, the forgetful Dr. Rob, he's gone. Is it a good thing for the England football team? Do you think now that it's going to be like clean football all the way? 
Uh, I think it's a good thing for the simple reason that it's it's slightly less messy and it's better for their PR and also the health of the players. So, yes, all around it's a good thing. OK, that is very good. Listen, straight away, I'm going to ask you and then ask Double N for his um, capital punishment. Who is your victim for capital punishment this evening? Uh, well, I've got two. They share... Okay, hold on. They share United a city. United and yeah. Manchester City. OK. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, they, they, they've put out this... this, uh, this uh, Hold on, uh, let's just try to catch... 100 local uh, food banks. I mean, we're talking about two of global superpowers in football, and they've managed to scrape together 100k between them. And the reason I'm saying that is not just because it's pitiful in itself. When you compare that with Stockport County who are in the fifth tier of English football, they've donated £75,000 by themselves to a local NHS trust. Um, so I just think it's a little short of disgraceful. Listen, and, and also when you look at what, like, just between three players in Bayern Munich, they have donated €2.5 million. Euros, you know, with uh, yeah, exactly. Lewandowski, uh, Kimmich and Goretzka. Um, <clears throat> I mean, this that, that baffles me. Why would they give such a paltry amount of money? Now, I do understand that the clubs are paying the uh, attendance staff, so they're looking after them and so on and so forth, but still, it's insane. Okay, double end. Yes. Over to you. Yeah, um, so my capital punishment will be more not like about the sports this, this week, but about the country and the current situation. So uh, I won't name the country, but it's a country which actually... Okay, go on, just, just say it, say it, say it. Um, no, don't say the country. Just yeah, quick, yeah. quick, quick, tell us. Um, like it says, it doesn't have this virus in in it. So like it's zero percent death, zero percent contact, and everything. And moreover, like okay, it, it makes like it's shocking by the news itself. But they say they cut the television and the signal. Like they stop everything, every c- coverage. No. So people are just panicking and they lock down the capital city. And hold on, is this this capital city begin with an A? Yep. And with a T? Yeah. <laughs> and it sounds like Ashgabat? Yeah. Okay, or it sounds like Ashgabat. Okay. So, <laughs> allegedly they cut the signal and like, I don't know, what what else, like, what else more can put people into panic? Like Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, that's, that's, oh, Christ. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to take part in this. I'm going to give you both the award for the best because Man City and Man United should know more than, and to do more at this time of crisis. And, in Ashby, that's just disgraceful. That is wrong. Listen, I'm going to go both you guys right now. Um, Andrew, just very, very quickly, how are your family back in the UK? Um, they're okay at the moment. I have a 99-year-old grandmother who is self-isolating. Um, but other than that, my, my dad is over 70, so he's not really able to work much at the moment. Um, but he's being safe, they're being sensible, and so far they're fine. So uh, fingers crossed they'll stay that way. Okay. No, sorry. You, you have your family in France. Yeah. They're all okay. Yeah, in France, okay, and back in Turkmenistan as well. Okay, yeah. that is good to know. Okay, Andrews, and thanks very much. We have a very, very short time today. We're going to speak with you more next week. So uh, you and uh, you and Nazar are joint champions for a capital punishment, Stephen. Thank you very much, Andrew. <laughs> okay. Great speech, you guys. Okay, that was Andrew Flint, the editor-in-chief of Hard Football. Double N, thank you very much as well. Thank you. Okay, folks, um, just so you know, next week we will have in studio Vasily Artemiev. Okay, so course yes the man in the moustache he will be here with us next week so we're gonna have a bit of fun and um okay before we go we're gonna go out with imagine dragons because they're a good one it's the song on top of the world but 
Listen, before we say goodbye tonight, and uh, for you all to have a good week and a good week of sport or even relaxing yourselves, for myself, Double N, and the Capital Sports team here, we ask you all to be as sensible as possible. This too will pass. We need to take care of our hand hygiene, not to put ourselves in harm's way. We need to look out for those whose health and immune systems place them in the high-risk category. We need to think of kids who already have had the fear of God bet into them about climate change and now they have this to worry about. Most importantly, we need to look out for ourselves and especially our own mental health this time when a lot of us are on our own or feeling alone. We, need, we know what we have to do. We know what we have to do to get through this. So no need to scroll endlessly for fresh news. Just take time off news and news feeds and social media. Listen to the radio, especially Capital FM. Listen to some music. Watch a movie. Watch TV. Read a goddamn book or two or three. Talk with loved ones. And make sure nobody, and I mean nobody, feels alone right now. This too will pass. So take care of yourselves, of your loved ones. And we'll talk with you next week. I'm Alan Moore with Double N. This has been Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.